summer we started a garden. And you got to know where we live. We live on what was previously farm ground. And so that's where our home is. And so in the back, we've got kind of a larger backyard. And so I thought, you know what? That would be a good place to have a garden. So I got a sod cutter and I cut out all the sod and, and got it ready to go. And Clyde Schaffner, who's a neighbor of ours, came over one day and, you know, he's a farmer. He used to farm that ground where our house is. He said, what you doing? I said, well, we're planting a garden. So he goes, you got a shovel? Sure. So I got a shovel, gave it to him. We walked over to that place that I was going to put that garden in, and he just digs down, scoops it up, and goes, you sure you want to put a garden here? This is pretty clay, a lot of clay. He said, you can go ahead and put the garden in there, but you're not going to grow a whole lot. So he moved over about 30 feet, digs a hole. He says, this is where you want to put your garden. We did. Wow, things actually grew. I mean, it was amazing. We got all this stuff in our garden. It's just amazing. But the weeds like it better than, the, you know, all the vegetables do. It's just amazing how many weeds are out there. But I want to ask you a question this morning. Tell me about your heart today. Tell me about your soil today. Tell me about where you are with God. And if God would peel the layer back, what's God going to find today going on inside your heart? Because, you know, if you came to our backyard, you know, you see this grass all over both places. And so on the outside, it all looks the same. It looks great. Until you dig down just a little bit, and then you go, ooh, that's not looking too good underneath the soil, underneath the grass there. So I want to ask you today about the condition of your heart. What's the soil? What's going on inside there? Because it's going to determine what God is able to do in your life. Now if you have Matthew 13 open, Jesus was, was teaching and he used this example of the sower and the seed and he's going to talk about our hearts. Before we go into that though, if you remember from last week, I talked to you about we're sitting on a platform and the train is here, Messiah's kind of the train and where we want to go. And I'm actually glad to see a lot of you came back after last week. I don't know if you're on the train yet or not about where we're headed, but we're going to add to what we did last week so that you know not only you have a better idea of where we're going, but now it's going to start to get a little bit personal. Because now we're going to start talking about your involvement in this and what God's doing in your heart, and what God wants to do in your life on behalf of others. Because last week we talked about reaching one more life with Jesus, but it starts with us. But this time it's not about us. This week isn't about us. This is about others. And how do we reach others? How do we do that? Well, let's take this example from Matthew chapter 13. We'll start right at verse 1. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. 
Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Now what I want you to ask you today is think about your heart for just a moment. What kind of soil would you say that your heart is today? And Jesus explains the different soils in Matthew 13. Look at verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Each and every week, one of the reasons why we have you open up your Bibles is we want you to see it with your own eyes. We want you to be able to read it and say, is this really what it says? Is this what God is saying? So that you can most easily understand what God is saying to you. Because God is going to take that seed of his word and he puts it in your heart. But it's more dependent not upon the seed. This is the seed. It's dependent upon the soil that it's going into. How's your heart doing today? How's the soil of your heart doing today? Did you come ready for worship? Were you fighting? Has it been a really bad week or maybe a really great week? Is your heart worshiping this morning? Does your heart sometimes feel like it's rocky? It's just kind of on like a path and maybe you're here, but your heart's not here. Second one, verse 20. The one who received the word Receive the seed that fell in rocky places is, a, is the person who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But see, he has no root. He lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes quickly because of the word, he quickly falls away. Sometimes in life, we go through trials, don't we? Sometimes we wonder if God is really there. You ever been there? You ever wonder what you're going through and say, wait a minute, God, you know, I'm a believer, I'm a follower in Christ. Why are all these bad things happening? And sometimes when those bad things happen, we say there can't be a God. Have you ever heard this? How can there be a God with all the suffering going on in the world? You ever hear that? And that's when a lot of people say, I'm not going to follow. If that's how God is, I'm not going to follow anymore. But God wants to work our soil. He wants to work in your hearts. Don't give up on God, even when hard times come. Because there's reasons for those things. Verse 3, or the next verse. Verse 22. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns... It's the man who hears the word, but the worries, there it is, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. How many of you have ever worried before? <laughs> yeah, probably everybody, right? And when you stop and think about it, what does God tell us to do? Instead of worry, to give it over to God. God's up all night. You don't have to be. God hears when you pray. God knows the future. And oftentimes we worry about things that never happen. And God wants us to pay more attention to what's going on in here and hand it over. 
And then the next one is, is fairly simple. Look down at verse 23. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the person who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. See, it's amazing when, when our hearts are ready for the message of God. Then God takes his word and puts it into our heart. And it automatically, there's nothing that you have to do. You don't have to make it do it. It just grows. It just produces in our lives. And it's more important that we think and we ponder and we pray about the condition of our heart. And we keep our, soft, uh, we keep our hearts soft and pliable. That it doesn't become rigid. It's kind of like this. Let me give an example. In Isaiah, three times in Isaiah, God talks about himself being the potter and you and I are the clay. And what happens with a potter, if you've ever been to a potter's house, uh, I was in one in New York, they take this lump of clay, which is really hard. If you've ever seen the clay that potters work with, it's very hard. And they have to pound that clay and they have to work that clay. And he takes it and he slams it on the table and he works it and he slams it on the table and he works it and he's working it and working it and working it. You know, God has to do that to us. Do you realize that? Because left on our own, we become a hardened piece of clay. And so God has to work us and work us and work us. And then when finally it's about ready to be used into and made into something, he puts it on that wheel and begins to spin it. And it's messy. I mean, I watched this potter work in that wheel, and dirt and mud was flying everywhere. The potter was getting filthy. We were all getting filthy. It was spraying everywhere. Whoever said life was clean? Whoever said the things you're going with are easy? Whoever said that the things that you're going through are a piece of cake as a follower of Christ? In fact, sometimes it seems the opposite because, because God is in there working. And if it's not right in our life, God gets in there and works that part. And he keeps working. And you know what sometimes happens then for you and I? God begins to use us and we start to get rigid. You know what sometimes happens then? God has to take us and do like what I saw the potter do. Take what he was making, which was beautiful. Not to the potter, though. He took his own creation, and he squashed it. And I'm like, what are you doing? That was beautiful. He goes, no, I didn't like it. It's not what I wanted. He took it, and he slammed it down again, and he worked it again and again and again. And then he began to form it. But what he made the second time was amazing. Do you realize that you and I are in the process of God working us? And it's going to get messy. And it's going to be hard. And it's going to challenge every part sometimes of your well, of your being. God's going to go after places in your heart that you don't want God to go to. And he's going to go to those places and he's going to attack them. And he's going to work them. But it's so that God can use us then for what he wants. Now what is it that God's calling us to do? 
See, this is where, let's go back to what is God calling us to do as a church? Look at that mission. Look at the statement you have on that half sheet. Read the first one with me. Our mission is reaching one more life with Jesus. Except God can't do that until you're ready. God can't use you until you're ready. And so it has to start with us that God has to work our hearts. And then God is able to use this for others. Now, when it comes time to using us for others, here's the strategy. By creating environments for life transformation. Now I want to go back to the soil analogy for a minute. Tell me about the soil in your home. Because you realize your home is, is the first environment that you are part of. You live in a home, doesn't matter what age you are, you live in a home. Doesn't matter if you're a child or if you're an adult, it doesn't matter. You're in an environment in your home. Tell me about the soil of your home. Is it an environment where people can grow? Is it an environment that God is present all the time? Is it an environment where you pray together? Is it an environment where you seek God together? Is it an environment where if you have kids, you're praying with your kids, that you're talking naturally about God, that conversations come up about God and about the Bible, and you've created an environment where lives can be transformed, starting with your own. And God is calling us as a church to create environments. You realize that this is, this is an environment right here. Now, do you know who determines this environment? You. Because you can be really joyful and you can reach out to somebody around you who may be here for the first time or maybe the last time. You're the one that can reach out to somebody around you with a smile and make them feel welcome. You can also be the one to discourage somebody from ever coming back. You see, this is an environment that we gather together as the people of God in now a bigger environment, and God is going to use this environment to reach lives. Your home is another environment. Do you realize that God wants you to go wherever you are and create an environment where God can do things? So when you go to your workplace, have you created an environment where people know there's something about you, there's something different about you, that when they come in, there's something about you. When you're in a grocery store, are you smiling at someone? Are you talking to someone? Do you take a minute and say hi to them? Can I help you with something? You, you just created an environment. Wherever you are, God is asking us to create an environment where God can do something. But it's got to start with you. It's got to start with you spending time with God in his word, spending time with God in worship, spending time with God in prayer, and keeping your heart and soil soft so that God can use you and mold you like a potter for another use. And then God wants us to create these environments where more lives can be changed. How do we do that? It's pretty simple. Let's look at these. Number one, building relationships with believers and unbelievers. 
Do you intentionally try to build relationships with other people, including those who are not Christian? Do you do that intentionally? And you know, I'm looking in the mirror. When I talk to you, I'm looking in the mirror because I haven't had much of an opportunity to do that. But God's given me those opportunities, and I'm jumping at those opportunities. Going into other environments where I know that there are people that are not believers that are sitting at the table. And I'm ever aware of the environment that I'm in, and what is God asking me to do? What should I say? What should I not say? How's my attitude? How's my heart? What am I speaking? And what am I doing so that I don't, I don't push somebody a step further away from Jesus, but I give them a chance to take the step closer to Jesus so that they might ask and say, what is it about you? There's something about you. So God's intentionally leading, in me, leading me into more environments. I've got another new environment on Tuesday night. I can't wait to go. Because I know that's another environment that God is going to send me into. Well, now what's God going to do? I don't know. That's not up to me. That's up to God. But I know I'm a part of the environment. So what God wants us to do is first and foremost develop a relationship with those who are believers and those who are non-believers. Then second, pour into people. That's the second part. You know what that means? It means to love people. If God so loved us, said John, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So God wants us to share that love of Jesus with everybody we meet. So wherever we, we are in our environments, are you showing grace? Are you showing kindness? Are you showing understanding? and mercy, and gentleness? Are you sowing peace? Are you doing whatever you can to love others and pour into them? Then the third one is a little harder because it's, it's challenging people to live a life that glorifies God. Now what does this mean? Very simply, challenging people doesn't mean walking up to them and you don't have a relationship with them, say, do you believe in Jesus? It's not going to work. But if you've developed a relationship with somebody, and then you've been loving them, and showing grace, and honoring them, and pouring into them, then you'll have an opportunity. Sometimes the challenge is asking a question. Hey, can I ask you a question? What do you think about God? Do you know, in all my years, I've never had anybody be offended at that question. What do you think about God? What do you think about heaven? You think there's a heaven? What do you think about hell? Is it real or not? What do you think about Jesus? What do you know about Jesus? And you're challenging someone to think. And you're gently challenging them. And when you do this, it's amazing. At some point, they're going to ask you what you think. A number of years ago, I rode around with a, with a fireman for the whole summer. I knew he wasn't a believer. And I had more fun with him. He was such a great guy, and I had fun with him all summer long because we'd get into all these discussions. And it was a funny thing because we were on a delivery truck, and the two of us were driving around, and we were notorious for getting lost because we'd start these discussions and before the discussion was over, one of us would go, do you know where we are? No. I think we were supposed to get off about 10 miles ago. And we were always lost because we were, we were talking. 
And I would ask him, what do you think about God? Do you really believe in creation or not? Is evolution true? Is creation true? Is the Bible true? Bible not. What do you think? And you know what? All summer long, it was so funny. He never asked me what I thought. He never did. That's okay. About 10 weeks of doing this together, finally he said, what do you think about God? Do you know what was amazing? I knew what to say because he had told me all the things he thought. You see, that was an environment that God created. And it was like soil. Just be patient. Be patient. And then eventually that opportunity comes. And then you need to be ready and just say, God, may my heart be ready so that when that person's ready, I can share. And I don't know to this day if he's a believer in Christ. I don't know. But I know that the soil was ready. And the seed was planted. And God says that his word is like the rain that comes down from heaven. It'll never return void. Friends, I want you to think about your environments for a moment. What are you creating as environments? In your home? In your workplace? What are the environments that you are in that God is calling you to create? And why? I mean, just let's stop and answer the why. Why would we do this? Because behind me is that cross that reminds us every single week we're together of how much God loves you. He would give up his comfort. He would give up heaven. He would give up his glory, his honor. And in place, he would be spit upon. He would be whipped. He would be beaten. He would be mocked. He'd be ridiculed. Eventually be crucified. For one reason, you. And then God gives us his word and challenges us in that word to prepare our hearts and to work the soil of our hearts so that God's word can permeate in our lives. But then remember, it's not about us. It's not about us. Once we're in this relationship with Jesus, God calls us then to begin reaching out to others. And the best way to do it is to create an environment where relationships are developed, where we're pouring into people and then challenging them. And after that, we let God be God and do what God wants to do. Friends, you need to know, this is where the train is going. And we're going to continue to seek new environments where lives can be transformed. This meeting that we have today, we have a meeting coming up at about 12.15. This is a congregational meeting. I want you to be there. We're going to, we're, I'm going to present to you a brand new opportunity that God's laying in our lap. It's a brand new opportunity to create an environment on Main Street where lives can be transformed in a way that's new and in a way that's going to reach kids for Christ.
Let's pray. Lord, as we think about what you've done for us, we're a little overwhelmed because you love us so much. I can't even comprehend, God, how much you love us. But I want to say thank you. God, you continue to change my heart, and I thank you for that, and I pray that my, the soil of my heart would always be moist and ready, that the soil of my heart would be ready for whatever it is that you want. I pray that our hearts would be ready, God, so that the word of God, your word, would plant in our hearts and our souls and might produce whatever it is that you want us to do. And then, and then God, you've, you've put us into all these environments, and we just pray that you would help us to be noticeable, noticing the environment that you're putting us into so that we might develop those relationships, pour into people, and challenge people. Why? Because we want them to know you, Jesus, and to have eternal life with you in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.